Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. We're starting this episode off sounding like Southern Bells because our producer, Aaron, was just checking out the levels for us and said that for some reason, we actually sound better when we sound like this. Yeah, we were getting in in a little bit of trouble from Aaron because we weren't taking <laughs> things too serious. Not not too good at all. Yeah, so we're real sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> we're we're sorry for all all the work you had to do, Aaron. And we're sorry, everybody, if we sounded like we were inside a whale. We were trapped inside a whale. <laughs> all right well hello everybody i don't think we can keep those voices up for the whole episode Uh, actually we probably could we totally could maybe maybe if people like that leave us a review and we will do entire episodes (laughs) sounding like southern bells or forrest gump (laughs) So, anywho, this is the 19th episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, and I, of course, am your host, Sam. God, I miss being able to eat whatever the hell I want, Shorky. And I am Sarah, wife and mother. God, I'm tired. I just (laughs) don't give a shit anymore, Shorky. (laughs) Together, we are... Two sisters in denial of verging on middle age. Yeah, I don't... Verging? I'm already there. (laughs) Well, I plan to live until I'm at least 90, Sarah. And mark my words, I will most definitely be the hottest gilf you've ever seen, biatch. Yeah, you'll be shitting your pants just like everyone else. Yeah, but my ass will look way hotter than everybody else in my Depends adult diapers. Yeah, do they make <laughs> thong-style Depends? Yeah. <laughs> I God, don't I know. hope not. But uh, if they don't, they should. That should definitely be our next invention. Jacked on the Beanstalk presents Adult Diapers. <laughs> Do you actually remember that time uh, when I was younger? I was probably like 12 or 13 at the time. And for whatever reason, Dad pissed me off. And I thought it would be funny <laughs> to order Depends adult diapers for him because <laughs> where we grew up was in the country and any packages went to the little general store in our small village uh, for pickup. And of course, like, this is a village of 40 people, so 
everybody knew everybody and especially the owners of the general store tended to be a little gossipy and so my <laughs> payback for dad pissing me off was I ordered this free sample of adult diapers for incontinent uh, elderly people which of course I knew would mortify and humiliate him and boy did it ever yeah I think he was only like 50 at the time so mm-hmm. yeah I, I do remember that but I, I can't help but feel like deep down inside he couldn't help but appreciate the hum- the humor behind it. He still tells that story all the time. Yeah, we Sharkies sure do enjoy and appreciate a good joke at each other's expense. But anyways, today's podcast episode is not about incontinence, believe it or not. But while we're on the topic, just out of curiosity, Sarah, have you ever peed your pants just a little bit? Just a little soak uh, of your undies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in grade eight, I remember I full on pissed my pants. Yeah, I, it was like a winter day. I was walking home and like I I was so close and and I think it was just I was so relieved as soon as I <laughs> I opened the door. I I was actually very relieved. <laughs> No pun intended. Well, and let's not forget the night of your bachelorette party. Well, yeah, I full-on pissed the bed that night, too, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I woke up to a scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, (laughs) if anyone's seen that movie, uh, when I woke up in my apartment, and rather than peed the bed, I actually puked all over my bed. Yeah, I believe when mom called the next day to see how it went, you said, well, Sarah woke up in a pool of her own urine and I woke up in a pool of my own vomit. Mm, yeah, sure which she, she was very yeah, proud. She was not proud. Um, and yet somehow, despite waking up in his future wife's urine, that, that wasn't a deal breaker for my husband. <laughs> and somehow, despite these stories that we share for some godforsaken reason, <laughs> I still get paid to give health and fitness advice to other mm, people. Strange, yeah. <laughs> well, this was pre-jacked on the beanstalk days. So. Yes, very true. Let that be known. Um, and yeah, and I'm the first to to admit that I was quite the little party girl back in the day, believe it or not. Oh, weren't we all? So let us get on with this episode, but first, I think we should read our listener review of the week for everybody, and how awesome is this? We actually met this week's reviewer in the real world at VegFest Calgary last week, which was the first ever VegFest that Calgary, which is known as Cowtown, and the uh, beef producing capital of Canada. So it's pretty cool that they finally were able to put on their first ever vegan festival and it was packed and it was super awesome. And uh, They even ran out of food at one point. They totally was, ran yeah. out of food and my talk was very well received and I was very honored to uh, be one of the guest speakers. And uh, I know we always do a, a an impression of what we think the reviewer's voice sounds like. But what is awesome is that we actually met him, so we know exactly what his voice sounds like. And he's British. Yes, yeah, we know. And he was very clear that he was not Australian. British. British. Yeah, British. how fun is that? So I think, uh, Sarah, you got this one for this week. So uh, take it away from Robert in Calgary. 
Hello, hello. They call me robot, they do. <laughs> no, um. That is not part of the review, <laughs> yeah. but I'm sure he will appreciate that. Just just trying to be a little a little bit offensive there. Um, no. <laughs> Best podcast ever. One, on more than one occasion, I almost spat my coffee over my monitor. Are you sure you didn't mean your tea, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> Those shorty sisters are awesome. Nothing <laughs> is held back. It's informative, educational, comical, inquisitive, leading. Even oh, very good. The cat mouth, the openness, <laughs> karaoke, growing a tail, <laughs> and baking power tips. <laughs> OMG, it's funny. <laughs> very good, Sam. Thank you. Even if this wasn't a vegan inspired podcast, I'd still listen to them. That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no one yeah, is going no, to get that. No, uh, no. Who is what? And that's Crocodile Dundee. No, yeah, really, nobody. He's Australian. <laughs> I know that's the joke. And yeah. you're aging yourself. Yeah. but Robert's well, about I, your. Age, I already said so. I'm middle. Aged. What the hell are you want? I also yeah. thought it would be funny to mention. This is how how awesome our fans are. Okay, so I ordered a bunch of awful hoodies. Okay, guys, I'm not going to lie. They, I had hired somebody to help me. They ended up ordering these awful hoodies, and I've been desperately trying to get rid of them. <laughs> I'm just Contests, it just... They are uh... not the ones on the web store. These are old ones. And anyways, <laughs> Robert, bless his heart, yeah. he wanted one, and from afar, they look good. And I was wearing one and had the sleeves rolled up, which, which really helps it to look better. Robert tried one on, and uh, <laughs> it, it looked hilarious with the short yeah. sleeves, but bless his heart. He pretended yeah. like, you know, oh, I think I'll just take the tank top instead. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know who these sweaters are made for. They're made for, like, you have to have, like, Oompa Loompa arms or something. Yes, and, very short um, arms and a very tight waist on them. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoy the circulation being cut off at the <laughs> gut area and then have very short arms, this sweater is perfect. Yeah. But yes, Robert very politely declined. Yeah, and, and we forgive you, Robert, but for your review, we will gladly send you one for free. But, and again, these are not hoodies that you can buy on my website. No, those ones are actually quite nice. Yeah, those ones are nice. We, we thoroughly enjoy those ones. But if anyone would like one of these other ones, please, for yep. the love of God, let us know. Yes, or perhaps we'll <laughs> donate them. I thought that it would be fun to make this week's podcast all about having realistic expectations when it comes to our health and fitness goals. And since we mentioned uh, the dreaded aging process earlier... I also wanted to cover this topic because it's something that I seem to always address with my clients. And what I mean is that, unfortunately, our metabolism, which is the amount of energy that we burn while we are at rest, it does slow down over time. I have many clients who are 40 plus 
And they seem to think that, you know, their body should respond in the exact same way that it did when they were 20. But unfortunately, a 40-year-old body is not going to be able to eat whatever it wants and not exercise and stay up late, drinking their face off at bachelorette parties, peeing themselves, puking the bed, (laughs) and then bounce right back in the same way, you know, that it did when they were 20. Ain't that the truth. And yet... It is crazy how many of our Jacked on the Beanstalk clients who, again, they're well into their 40s or at least 30s or 50s, 60s, whatever, and they seem to think that they can sign up for a 12-week prep and they're going to come out of it fitting into the same jeans that they wore in high school. And I hate to admit it, but I always have to remind many of my clients that as good as my coaching is, I do not have a time machine in my apartment for them to hop into. And this is something that I actually had to have a real heart to heart with a a sweet, sweetheart of a client just last week. And so this particular client had been consistently losing about one or two pounds of body fat every week for the 12 weeks that we've been working together. So she's actually lost 20 pounds in the last 12 weeks, which is amazing. And yet she was so down on herself for not seeing more progress than that. There is no training method that will change the shape of your muscle. That is something that is genetically determined. And I should mention that, of course, genetics and our past lifestyle choices, of course, play a pretty big role in how we age. A woman recently who is a couple years older than me and a couple years younger than you, Sarah, and we were both saying like, wow, she could totally pass for 50. But it's not just her physical appearance. She acts older as well. And thank God most people don't put either of us past 30. Wow. (laughs) That that might be a bit of a stretch for me at this point. I'm pretty sure my face tells the trauma and scars of motherhood. Trust me, you're doing I for 41, Sarah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and of course there are many people who remain eternally youthful well into their 40s and 50s. And one of my clients locally, I call her my MILF mentor um, (laughs) because she is 56 and just this, the epitome of, of youth and vitality. And please, for the love of God and all things holy, let that be me as well. But the unavoidable truth of the matter is that our metabolisms do slow down as we get older. And I even notice a difference in myself from 30 to now being 35. And it's a fact, actually, that around age 30, we can lose more than 25% of our type 2 muscle fibers. And this is actually called uh, sarcopenia which is the loss of muscle tissue, and it's a natural part of aging. It's inevitable. But the good news is that we can slow it down by building muscle mass and bone and joint and muscle strength through, guess what? My beloved resistance training, of course. Weightlifting also enhances brain function, and we all know how much aging can definitely affect our memory and cognitive function. Going back to this client who lost the 20 pounds in 12 weeks and was hoping for more, 
I essentially had to give her a good hard reality check and remind her that all age and metabolism issues aside, we often forget that it's also a lot easier to gain extra body fat than it is to lose it. And I had to ask her, how long did it take to put on the extra weight that you so desperately want to lose? Was it gained in 12 weeks? I don't think so. It was probably gained over a year or two or even more than that. So I, you know, how can you possibly expect that it's all going to magically disappear in such a short amount of time? Well, and sometimes I wonder if a so-called perfect number or weight even exists. Actually, just recently, I came across some photos I did for um, what we were once going to use as a, a 21 day shred challenge. And in 21 days, I got down to 120 pounds, which quite frankly, I thought would never happen. I feel like 125 is my quote unquote happy, healthy weight. Anyway, needless to say, I was pretty friggin' proud of my 120 pound self at the time. Mm-hmm, I um, remember. And I even remember looking back at um, pics of me uh, playing with the kids or something and thinking, oh, like how skinny I look, like too skinny. <laughs> and now here I was a few weeks ago looking at pics of me uh, in my knickers, as Robert would say. <laughs> Um, And I was thinking, I didn't even look that good. You know, why the hell did I think I was so awesome at the time? And I mean, it just goes to show that it all depends on the day. I think what more to the point is that me thinking I looked so damn great was probably more that, you know, I felt damn great, which goes back to what you always say, Sammy. Uh, It's all about how you feel. Actually, I'm really glad you brought this up, Sarah, because I once read some interesting results from a study that appeared in a health journal or nutrition journal that I remember including in one of my talks I gave. And it showed that all of the non-obese women who took part in um, this study said that 123 pounds is their quote-unquote happy weight, although they admitted that 132 pounds was probably more realistic and reasonable. And guess what the average weight was for all of the women? And remember, all of these the women in the study were not overweight. They were healthy, normal-sized, average women. And the average weight for all of them was 152 pounds, meaning they would have had to shed nearly 20% of their body mass to achieve what their ideal weight was. Oh my, that is awful. But not surprising in the least, right? No, no, we really are our own worst enemy. Yes, and it brings me to some other interesting stats that I will share with everybody because this podcast is again all about having realistic and attainable and more importantly, sustainable goals and expectations. So I wanted to talk about what a realistic and attainable and sustainable body fat percentage is for us to maintain in everyday life. So get this, men generally need a minimum of 2 to 5% body fat, while women require a minimum of 10 to 13%. 
Mm-hmm. Again, this is the bare minimum. If you want to have good energy, if you want a healthy reproductive system, and not be starving, battling insane food cravings, and not be thinking about food 24-7. I've been there. It's not fun. And yet, we see all of these Instagram fitness celebrities rocking their six-packs and being shredded to the bone, and these are the photos that they have probably dieted down for and cut water and manipulated their carbs, and we see them and think, yeah, that's attainable. Like, I, I, I could walk around looking like that, right? Actually, that's funny, because since I've been working for Jacked on the Beanstalk, I literally look at every single magazine cover differently. Like, instead of thinking how great and perfect they look, I think, wow, she's really hungry, probably unbearable to be around, (laughs) and possibly delirious from lack of carbs and water. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a hater. Of course, there are those who are natural ectomorph body types, which mean... uh, they're naturally slim and they have, you know, great genetics and, and they probably struggle to put on muscle, to be honest. Not to downplay, I mean, the amount of work that they put into it. And, oh, and, of course, and, and discipline but. for sure. want to share so a lot of stats on this episode because I think it's important for us to recognize, you know, reality from what we see on social media. So listen up. Especially all of you body fat haters who are so desperate to be as lean as possible. Unless you are prepping for a bodybuilding contest, women are healthiest and best off aiming for 15 to 20% body fat. And men should be okay if they are around the 6 to 13% range. And unless you are a professional bodybuilder, believe it or not, most lean athletes who compete in other sports typically compete at around 6 to 13% for men and 14 to 20% for women. Oh. So that just goes to show how bodybuilding as a sport, you are not physically healthy to compete in that sport. These are the body fat levels that help athletes perform the best. And I can speak from experience that when I'm shredded to the bone for a fitness competition, it does not feel good, people. And she's not very pleasant to be around. Yeah, and I will typically lose my period for up to six months surrounding a show. I'll also have no sex drive, which is funny because I feel like I look so good, but no one can even enjoy it. And I'll be thinking about food constantly, which makes it very hard to concentrate on anything else. And my lifts suck. My workouts suck. My energy is awful. And my hormones feel so out of whack that I can literally remember a few times at the end of a prep where I almost started crying in the gym for no apparent reason. God. Weird, right? And yeah, as much as I love looking shredded and testing my body to whatever its limits are, I know that it's not sustainable. And in fact, most fitness competitors can only maintain that level of leanness for a maximum of three weeks. And bear in mind that having too low of body fat makes it that much harder to A, recover from workouts, B, you're functioning 
with majorly depleted glycogen stores, which means you're going to have decreased performance in the gym, and C, you're at an increased risk for injury. It's really not realistic for any of us to expect to look like a fitness model year-round or maintain a perfect body, quote-unquote. Unfortunately, this is what leads so many women to developing eating disorders and major body image issues. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad we're discussing this because we we get our fair share of clients who contact us saying that they don't want to compete, but they want to look like they do. (laughs) So, I mean, based on your description, they basically want to be Tom Hanks on Castaway minus the beard starving, thirsty, (laughs) delusional, with no end in sight. (laughs) Talking to a volleyball named Wilson? Yes, yeah, except maybe it would be a kettlebell or something. (laughs) What I usually recommend to those people who say they don't actually want to compete, but they want to look the part is that I recommend why don't we prep you for a sexy photo shoot of some kind. That way they get to experience the highs and lows and the extremes of prep life, but there's no actual competition that they need to worry about or second guess themselves over because the most stressful part of a prep is the comparing yourself to other people. And and I feel like with this one client in particular who I mentioned, she would be so much more proud of losing 20 pounds in 12 weeks if she didn't have the thought of a competition looming over her head, Yeah, right? And instead, she's letting that take away from how proud she should be of her work and her discipline and dedication. And I love when clients strive for a fun goal, like a sexy boudoir photo shoot for their boyfriend or their husband or their partner. Having the shoot planned I find is a really great motivator because it's still a goal and something to strive for and makes a great gift to their significant other or whatever, say, Tinder uh, dudes that you want to send your (laughs) your slutty junk mail photos to. Okay. Get it? Junk mail? I got it. (laughs) We actually had a new client recently, Sarah, who used to compete... And now she's looking for a competition body, but without the competition. And I really felt for her because she said, you know, I just want to have a social life and still be able to be a good mom and a wife. And I want to have dinner with my family and eat in a way that is structured enough to help me look fit. But I don't want it to consume my entire life. And does this unicorn coaching plan even exist? (laughs) Totally relatable because this is something that I struggle with too. A mindful meathead moment with Sam Shorky. Object on the Beanstalk. All right, listen up, body haters who really, really want to lose the extra weight. You need to drill this into your head every day from this day forward. You are not fat. You maybe have fat, but fat does not define you. And for anyone who has ever done a fitness competition, I am the first to admit that it is a total mind fuck to always compare your body to how you look when you're competing. 
And of course, I think there's definitely a healthy balance where you can be happy with your current body and still enjoy life and still have some structure when it comes to diet and training, but also listen to your body and trust your own wisdom. And I think the best way for all of us to find that happy unicorn coaching place is to first and foremost make weight loss goals that are short term. And by that, I mean you're going to set a goal to lose 5 to 10 pounds rather than setting a goal to lose 50 pounds. And actually, I encourage everyone listening to go back and check out the episode that we did not too long ago on the dangers of setting body goals, where we talk about just how crucial it is that we do not attach our worthiness or our happiness to our physical appearance and how we need to ditch that I'll be better when mentality that so many of us struggle with, i.e. I'm not happy and confident now, but I will be when I lose 20 pounds. Because as I always remind myself, there is never an ending to the when. Not when you lose 20 pounds and not when you win a pro card. I've been there, I know. Beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself. And that means accepting yourself exactly as you are right frigging now in the body you have at this exact moment. And I'm all for having goals, but it is so important that we do not attach ourselves to this supposed dream body or the outcome of reaching that dream body. You can have a goal. You can be very involved in reaching that goal. You can have the intention that damn right, you're going to get there. You will reach that goal and you will. If you really want to do something, you will find a way. And if you don't, you will find an excuse. But trust me on this. Do not attach your happiness or confidence to what you think will happen to your life after you've reached that goal. Because I'm telling you, that shit comes from the inside, guys, not the outside. The body will only achieve what the mind believes. Your body does not define you. Fat does not define you. Your appearance is not you. Am I going a little hardcore on this, Sarah? I kind of like it. Maybe we should address some positive actions that we can take to better our health and feel good about ourselves, aside from just building that mental toughness that I, I really always try to drill into everybody. Let's hear it. All right. So first, I always advise my clients, again as I mentioned, to develop specific and realistic goals that can be easily measured. So not, I want to lose 50 pounds by January. Things like, I will commit to hitting the gym four days this week. I will commit to meal prepping Sunday afternoons for the rest of this month. And just dedicate a few weeks to mastering those steps. Give it one month. You can do anything for one month. And spend some time really addressing what your weaknesses are. So I've probably mentioned this before, but I know that if I'm home alone at night and feeling lazy or tired, I'm going to want to mindlessly snack. So I will purposely schedule my day 
so that when I hit the gym in the evenings, I can't hog out at night because nighttime is when I want a snack. So I will go to the gym and I'll spend an hour there and then come home, eat a meal, shower and go to bed. And that really helps me to stay on track. I don't allow myself the time to mindlessly snack. And I think it's also important to mention that uh, when we're talking about having realistic expectations, acknowledging that nobody is perfect when it comes to dieting all the time. Okay, nobody. I'm certainly not perfect and I would never expect any of my clients to be perfect either. And I know you're sure as hell not perfect there. (laughs) What? What do you mean? (laughs) And that's why I am an advocate for weekly cheat meals. And I know a lot of health professionals do not advocate for treat meals, but I actually do always give my clients a weekly cheat meal. What I like about this is cheat meals are obviously packed with calories and they usually come from all the macronutrient groups, i.e. fat, carbs, and protein. But I believe that having a weekly cheat meal when you've been eating clean the rest of the week really does boost one's metabolism. And it does this because the additional carbs you're eating will help to replenish your muscle glycogen and the extra fat will help to fill out your muscles. The elevated sodium levels that you consume usually through a big ass cheat meal will help you with your glycogen storage and water retention, which both are said to help improve your strength. All physical uh, benefits aside, I also believe that having a cheat meal gives a huge boost to your mental state. And far too often, people can't stick with a diet plan because they're too restrictive and they're too extreme. And I know firsthand that going too long without carbs and fats causes major intense cravings. And that's what leads to severe binges. So I strongly believe that when you plan a cheat meal, It's a nice little break from clean eating, and it actually gives you something to look forward to. But I should mention as well, if you have disordered eating tendencies, let it be known that I am not an advocate for cheat meals for you if you've suffered from, say, binge eating disorder in the past. So you definitely need to practice self-control. But all in all, I really do believe that having a planned hog fest once or even twice a week helps keep me sane anyway, whether I'm in competition prep mode or in my everyday life. And I find that clients really like it as well, and it works well for them too. What song (laughs) will we be singing to conclude today's episode on having realistic expectations when it comes to your health and fitness goals? Well, I went with the, uh, unfortunately, uh, newly late and great Tom Petty. Running Rest down a dream. Peace, Tom yeah. Petty. I've seen him live in concert. He's one awesome performer and a very cool dude who will be be missed for yeah, sure. Yeah, and a lot of people saw him at, at uh, Blues Fest this year. I, yes, so he I was here like, in Ottawa at Blues Fest just this summer. I feel like a lot of people got to enjoy him one last time. So yes, yes. So our our ode to Tom Petty. And we're sorry. Yeah, Tom. and this will not do you justice. <laughs> I felt so good, like, like anything was possible. I hit cruise control. 
and rubbed my eyes. The last three days, the rain was unstoppable. It was always cold. No sunshine in Sarah's deep dark hole. Yeah, running down a dream. dream we're sorry tom petty (laughs) well it's late here i gotta get to the gym and sarah's got to get to bed so uh (laughs) hope you enjoyed this week's episode keep those reviews coming and we will look forward to reading them live on the jacked on the beanstalk podcast have a great week everybody shorky sisters out